Praise God, praise God, praise the name of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. We have felt repeatedly the presence and power of the Holy Ghost tonight and as it has filled and refilled and renewed and I, I know what I started this morning is not a deep theological sermon that you have not heard, especially given the fact that we're apostolic, Pentecostal, believing in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, believing in the power and presence of the Holy Ghost, believing that an individual can receive the presence and power of the Holy Ghost, believing that it's the Spirit of God, believing that it's the breath of God, believing that as Jesus said in <clears throat> to his disciples in John the 20th chapter, and he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Ghost, and knowing that in Genesis the Spirit of the God moved on the face of the water, and there was there before creation and then in the second chapter of Genesis it talks about the Lord literally going down and scooping up earth and breathing into that earth the breath of life and man becoming a living soul you're talking about an amazing amount of power in the breath of God Amen. and for you and I to recognize that whenever Acts the second chapter it's no it's not just happenstance that they begin to feel a rushing mighty wind as it began to permeate that upper room and they felt as it were <clears throat> the spirit of God the very breath of God I don't know if it was exactly like what Ezekiel felt whenever he saw the dead bones that had been given brought together and the army and all the sinews and he called for the wind to bring them life I don't know but that breath of God is powerful enough to literally Literally raise the dead and you say well then why do people die well I know it's pointed under man wants to die and I, I, I don't understand all of that either but what I can tell you and I I know because I've seen it so many times that people that are totally locked down because of Alzheimer's or dementia or something in their mind and their body is pretty much shut down. I don't know, it's something about it. You begin to pray or you begin to sing and, and you just see it. A, a light goes on. And I know, I've seen great miracles and we've seen, you know, from Brother Raymond Clark and I just beginning, Brother Tim Galoni's miracle and I can go through the list of miracles that we've seen of, of great healings and all it's amazing the power of the Holy Ghost and I I realize that this power of the Holy Ghost is is just that it, it is phenomenal it, it's it's like tapping into I guess maybe 220 or greater or whatever when you stop and think that in fact you know here it is that this this is the power that breathed on the disciples this is the power that you know was there in the Holy Ghost and seals us and all of these things and then this last 
slide was the slide that I mentioned this morning. And don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And how that you have to choose. You have to choose to get drunk. You have to actually choose to participate in that process. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. You don't sit there long enough and you're sure enough you'll get drunk if you just go to a bar and sit long enough. You know, you've got to actively be willing to get a bottle or order a drink or take a drink or whatever. And I, I know it, it seems like, you know, you say, well, why would the Lord tell the disciples you've got to wait for the infilling of the Holy Ghost? And yet Paul would tell believers, you've got to go pursue it. You've You've got to go get, stir it up. You've got to go participate. You've got to put yourself into it because there's something about it. He said, how do you do that? Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart and giving thanks and submitting yourself. What are you doing? Whenever I come in and I begin to raise my hands and I begin to worship and I begin to read a psalm out loud and, and maybe I'm, I'm in the middle of the night or maybe and my wife preached a few Sunday nights ago and maybe I'm in the middle of the night I'm facing all kinds of bombarding and spirits and uh, thoughts and things what do I do I take out my Bible I begin to read the Psalms out loud I begin to pray I begin to verbally I begin to sing I begin to sing aloud on my what am I doing I am stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost because I know that there is power in the presence of Almighty God if I can just unleash that power and that's the whole key. I, I know it seems like. And, and yet I know we get caught in this sense of, you know, Lord, I mess up. I, I mess, make a mistake. I do wrong. Oh, I need to do better. And I realize we've we, we got to be willing to do better. But, but at some point, we've got to recognize that, that rededicating my life to God and making up your mind that I'm going to do better is not enough to give you the power to overcome the enemy. The attacks spiritually, mentally, physically. You can rededicate your life. You can say, oh God, I'm going to choose. I'm going to do better this week. And that's good to have that kind of mindset. But you know what? It's better if you don't say, I'm going to do better. It's, it's better if you just say, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I don't have the, I don't have the power. But I know who does. Not up to me, Lord. Oh, you talk about sealing me, Lord. I'm going to need a whole thick seal on my life this week. Oh, I'm going to surrender myself to the Lord. I have a total need for God. What are you saying? Because it's not about by my might nor by my power, but by his spirit saith the Lord. Paul wrote in Galatians, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for me. What are you saying? I'm saying that you have got to get a mindset that 
God, I can't do this, but I have faith in you. You're able. You're able to bring deliverance. You're able to set me free. You're able to keep my mind. You're able to keep my heart. You're able, Lord, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can even mask, imagine, or think. You're able to do more than that. And I realized, I read earlier uh, uh, this morning about the Bible says, and, and Brother Rogers and I were talking about it one, one morning at prayer where in, in Corinthians where, where he talks about, I'm living my life to glorify you, Lord. And, and I, 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 I read one of the verses this morning where, where, where the, the whole idea is, oh God, 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, what know you not? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you and you have of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Which both belong to whom? They're not yours. Well, I can handle this. I can do this on my own. I can't do it on my own. At some point, I can't do it on my own. That's why Jesus told him in John the 15th chapter, or rather John the 14th chapter, second verse, third verse, 25th verse, 28th verse, Jesus tells him, in my father's house, many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I want you to come after me. What was he saying? He was saying, guys, I'm fixing to leave you. I'm fixing to be gone. I'm fixing to not be here. The guy who'd done all these miracles says, I'm fixing to leave. Over and over in the 14th chapter, he's telling him, I leave, I go, I go, I go. I go, I go. It's expedient that I go away because if I don't go, then I can't send the comforter. I've got to go. I've got to go. Now in the 15th chapter, look at, listen to what he says. He starts off, 15th chapter. And I know there weren't chapters whenever this was written. It was one long letter. But then some of the last words of Jesus after telling him, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Notice what he says. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit is what? Taken away. And every branch that bears fruit, he's going to purge it so that it can bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. Live in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. Because I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus himself, who later tells him to go to Jerusalem, 
basically was saying, you're going to have to live in me and I've got to live in you or there's no hope of you being able to bring forth fruit. Why? Because you can't produce fruit. You say, well, I can be loving if somebody's loving to me. Huh? I can be kind. Huh? I can be generous. Is that what's going on? Is that the spirit you feel in our world today? Kindness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Huh? You're feeling a lot of that? You know, even politics, it's a fight. What are you saying? It's not called the fruit of the flesh. It's called the what? Fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because he didn't say that the branch has to produce fruit. You say, well, I wish I had, was more kind. I wish the Lord would help me be more. You know how to make that happen? Abide in him. And let him abide in you. And you, you see, it's not, and we know this, it's not the branch that brings forth fruit. It's the sap that comes from the main part of the tree. And so, while that's why one writer could say, in me there is nothing good. The moment you think you can do this on your own, is the moment that you realize in me I can't do this. But oh, I can tap into a power. And if I stay in him and he stays in me, I can, huh? You see, it's not me. Oh, I know. People say, oh, well, I could never do it. Great, you're a great candidate for the Holy Ghost. Oh, I could never be delivered. I could never, I could never. Oh, I couldn't do like you. I couldn't want to come to church four or five times a week. Great. You're just awesome. Because the faster you realize, I can't do this. But I know someone, my faith is not in me. My faith is in a God that spoke the worlds into existence. He is able to do greater things than these things. Anything I can imagine. You see, I just have to stay connected. So that's what we're doing. And when you see, when you see these folks coming and praying and worshiping and praying through, it's not because, oh, well, they think they're better or they know, oh, well, oh, well, they've got a real serious issue. They're up here. No, I'm just trying to stay full. I, you, you know. It's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, I should have brought one tonight. Uh, somebody ordered me something that's, that's really cool. It, it's, it, it's these big straws, and they're, they're flexible. You know, you can bend them and all that. And, and they're big around, so like you can drink a smoothie with them. You know, big straw. And they've got great straws. It's amazing. They've got one that's a vanilla shake and a chocolate shake. And, 
they've got a strawberry shake and and you just stip them in an empty glass and man you just drink huh y'all want to know where I got them amazon.com <laughs> the straw doesn't produce anything all the straw does is bring what's in the glass into my mouth when we talk about being a conduit for the Spirit of God, I don't have to produce kindness. I don't have to produce love. All I have to do is tap into Him and let the Spirit of the Lord flow through me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what are you saying? Oh, here it is. Simon Peter said it like this. Last, uh, I, I'm almost done. I know. We have a shower. It's going to be great. Second Peter, the first chapter, and the third and the fourth verses, he said, According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us great and exceeding promises that by these you might be a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What was Simon Peter saying? I know I don't have it in me to be part of the divine nature of God, but if I tap into his presence and into his spirit and I'm willing to let the Holy Ghost correct me and change me, all of a sudden I tap into the divine nature of Almighty God. I can't change, but he can produce a change. You say, oh, I don't produce change, I bear change. I don't produce fruit, I bear fruit if I stay tapped into him. If I abide in him and he abides in me, that's why Paul said I die daily so that I can stay full of him. Philippians, last verse, I'm done. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That means I got to do something, pastor. What's the next verse say? For it is God. Which works in you. Both to will and to do. Of his good pleasure. You see. What you have to do is stay full of the Holy Ghost and keep stirring up the Holy Ghost. That's what you have to do. You say, well, I want to know what to do to change. I want to know what to do to be better. I want to know what to do to not have to fight this spirit. I want to know what to do to have deliverance. What to do is to stay full of the Holy Ghost and he does the doing. That's why he said, work it out with fear and trembling. What is he saying? What would fear be? The fear of God. What would trembling be? Reverence? Respect? Oh God, I need you. Total submitted? I mean, if somebody's trembling, what's going on? They're being bombarded 
with some feeling that they are in danger. You know what I'm saying? When you come to God, you have to come to God with the mindset of, I need God. I won't be able to make it without God today. I'm fearing not what I'm going to go through. I'm not fearing what I'm going to face, but I'm fearing that, Lord, I need your presence more today. Ooh, you don't know what's coming at me today. I need you, Lord. Oh, i got to have your presence. You don't know where I... Oh, I tell you, I, you the people I work with, i got to have a double dose today, Lord. And when I plug into that spirit... It is God which works in me both to will and to do his great pleasure. What are you saying? I, I, I know we all knew all of this. But if we, the enemy's job is to make us somehow forget how powerful this really is. This is the power, the resurrection power that got Jesus up. In fact, Paul said, let that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. What are you saying? Oh God, don't let me get out there and try to make this happen on my own. Whatever we're doing, this is why we have prayed the extra 21 days. What are we doing? We're saying, God, we've got to have you break every chain. We've got to have you send deliverance. What are we doing? We've been fasting. We've been praying. What are we doing all that for? It's just so because we, oh, no, it's because we know we can't do this without him. I'm sorry. If I don't have the presence of the Lord, I... You know, it's wonderful. I love all of Christianity and I appreciate all of those. But I can tell you right now, if I could not tap into the power of the Holy Ghost, I would be a very frustrated Christian. Huh? Can you imagine trying to do this on your own? The guide, the reprover, the intercessor. That's why we ought to be able to say, you know what, and I believe this, you know, we absolutely believe there's deliverance for you. Not by our might, nor by our power, by His Spirit. We absolutely believe there's healing for you. We absolutely believe that God can save your marriage. We absolutely believe that God's able to deliver. We absolutely, because it's not, it's not on us. We, at that moment, we say, Lord, we know I can't do it on my own. I need you to will and to do your good pleasure. And yet I have to, with fear and trembling, say, I need you, Lord. So that's where we are. 612, let's stand. We've done it. We've already done it. We've got one more week, prayer and fasting. Not a lot of people get the touch of the Holy Ghost. But I don't know where you are tonight.
If you have not received the Holy Ghost for yourself, I am here to tell you it is a free gift from God. If you say, well, I don't understand it all. Well, it's okay. I don't have to, I don't understand all about electricity. Brother Chris Butts every once in a while will try to explain to me something about it. But all I know, if you stick a bobby pin in a light socket, it's there. Huh? I don't know. I don't get it all, but it'll make your hair stand up. What are you saying? I, I don't know how. I, 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 I wish I could explain it to you. How walking down to the front with husband or wife and just raising your hands can begin to heal your marriage. I don't know how just coming down and stepping into his presence can all of a sudden break the chains off of your addiction and you can begin to realize I don't need that anymore. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't always understand how it works, Brother Gators. I don't understand how one night after another bringing my children before the throne of God and saying, God, you are able to set them free. You are able to deliver. I don't know what happens in your mind or heart or spirit, but something takes place because it's not me. It's God in us that does the work. If you need deliverance, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need something from the Lord, you're finding a spirit of anxiety or depression or fear, I want you to know the altar is open and it will work. It will.